Good afternoon and welcome to our show, We're Talking Golf. My name is Douglas Maida and I'm your host for our show. On today's episode, we're going to be joined by a young lady from Florida who has just graduated from university and has decided to turn professional. Now, it's a little bit of a departure from our normal show and format, but from time to time we like to talk with aspiring professionals about their journey. It's a wonderful opportunity for our listeners to learn more about professional golf and the effort and work that it takes to become a professional player. Now, before I introduce our guest, I would like to welcome you, our listeners and followers from around the world, because without you listening and subscribing to our podcast, we would not be able to bring you this show. So thank you for listening to us. Now, before we get into today's show, we're going to take a short break for this message from our sponsor. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to We're Talking Golf, a podcast brought to you by the world of golf. Our show has been named as one of the top 40 golf podcasts to follow in 2021. We could not achieve that without you, our listeners. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. And a big welcome to our guest, Hannah Liner, who's joining us from her home in Florida. Um, Hello, Hannah. How are you? And welcome to the show. Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. Our pleasure. We're a little envious because you're in Florida and uh, beautiful <laughs> golf weather, almost 12 months of the year. And we're up here just waiting for the rain to go away so that we can start to play a little more actively as well. But <laughs> no, I, it's just so great being in Florida. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Is Florida your uh, hometown or your home state? Yes. So I was born and raised in South Florida and then um, went to college in South Florida. And now I am living in Tampa, but I am half the year in Tampa, half the year in Jersey, actually. So Uh, Jersey as in New Jersey or? Yep. New Jersey. (laughs) Okay. And what brought you up that way? So my boyfriend, he actually plays for the Jets and um, he was just drafted last year. So last year was our first year in Jersey. And then, so we're there six months out of the year. We only get like two cold months, so it's not that bad. But, um, and then we get down, we come down to Florida for off-season training, so. Okay, wonderful. Terrific. Mm-hmm. So you attended and graduated in uh, Florida high school, did all of that uh, routine, played your junior golf there and all of that? Yes. And then you decided to go to university, correct? Right, yeah. And which university was that? Florida International University in Miami. Okay, terrific. So Hannah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, we'll use this as an opportunity for you to introduce yourself to the listeners and to the larger audience out there. How was it that you came to play golf? Who introduced you to it? Things of that nature. Any early recollections? Yes. So my dad actually got me into playing golf. I started when golfing when I was five years old. But at the time, I was actually competitively dancing So I was a dancer from the ages of like two to like 12 years old. And then I took golf more seriously because I started winning tournaments and I started playing tournaments at 12 years old as well. So I started playing and winning and I loved winning. I didn't win as much in dance. So I'm like, I I don't know. I should probably take this direction a little bit. So I started competing and it just took off from there and I loved it and it really drove me. But my dad was the one who got me into golf, taught me. I had two coaches my whole life. One 
that kind of taught me when I was like five to 10 to 12. And then I got my new coach at the time and I still use him to this day. And his name is Barry Goldstein. So just a little shout out to him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Did you have a favorite experience when you're a junior golfer or anything of that nature, a a particular tournament where you played well or meeting any sort of uh, professional player that kind of like got you excited and uh, pumped up for golf? Yes. So I was fortunate enough to live in Miami and that's when I think the, the Cadillac championship down in Doral. And, um, I got to go every single year, meet all the pros on the PGA tour. Like Ricky Fowler was my number one favorite, everyone's favorite when they were a teenage girl. And, um, I got to meet all of them and they were all so nice signing autographs. He would stay there for hours, just signing everyone's autograph. But my favorite tournament that I played in when I was younger has to be the U S women's amateur. It's the most professionally run event for amateur golfers. And I was 16 years old when I qualified and it was crazy because I was going into the last hole at four under in the qualifier and I double bogeyed for a 71. And, um, and then I got in a playoff with like nine other girls and they were all, I, they were all older. They were in college and I was just like 16 and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is my first like big playoff event in my life. And I was like shaking. And I remember getting on the green on three and I had a 30 foot putt for par and I sunk it. And I remember my dad was caddying for me and he just stood behind me and me, he just stood behind me and was like, just roll it in. And that's what I did. And I made it and I got to move on and qualify. And it was just an incredible experience. And that was in Portland, Oregon. So I got to go out there and it was just, it changed my life. I was like, I want to be playing in events like this all the time. So uh, it was safe to say you kind of enjoyed the adrenaline rush from it all. Yes. That's like the best part. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just as an aside, you grew up in Florida. So primarily the grasses there would be things like Bermuda. I presume that you played on and then going all the way out to Portland, Oregon, where Bermuda's not exactly a a common occurrence to find on a golf course. How did, do you have any thoughts or do you remember much of a recollection of all of that experience? So it was definitely, I played in a couple of courses in like at the time I played in a lot of courses um, in Pinehurst. So I was used to like different types of grasses So it wasn't a big shock to me when I went up there, but it was definitely different. And I kind of liked it a little bit more than Bermuda because it was just nice. It was like just so beautiful. Everything was just so green and like bright. I feel like sometimes in Florida, it could be a little dead (laughs) grass here, but it was just, it was cool to just change it up and switch it up. That's why I like to travel now to play different courses. Cause you know, I, I never know where I'm going to end up playing. So just to get used to different types of grasses and things like that is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Bermuda is a little bit more on the wiry side and right. in places like Portland and whatnot, you're going to have anything from say Poa to bent grass green. So, right. Yeah. Um, so how was it that you came from junior golf into university golf and in particular, Uh, Florida International University. 
So my senior year of high school, um, I actually committed to FIU and I was in between FIU and USF. And I picked FIU because I really wanted to stay in South Florida with my family in Miami. That was the majority of the reason why I really picked FIU. And when I visited the campus, it was just, it was beautiful. The campus was like all modern and I'd never really seen a campus like this. So I was like, this is huge. I didn't even know really much about it before I visited. And I was like, I just know this is going to be the place for me. So I then chose FIU. I signed with FIU and I was there in the fall of 2017. And if you could take a few sentences, how did you enjoy your college golf, your university golf? Um, I mean, obviously university uh, is a big time of change and transition going from high school into uh, more of adulthood and whatnot. So I'm sure you're probably weren't immune to all of those experiences as we all, all have shared in them. Uh, Anything about that transition that stood out or any wonderful experiences that you'd like to share? So when I first went to FIU, of course, it was a big change in my mindset, my body, my routine, everything you can possibly think of. It was completely different than what it was in high school. And so when I went, um, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I had such great experiences. I met so many people that really like just changed my life. And I, I would say that I guess the best part of going to FIU is learning just to put myself in a different environment and different environments can be good. Even the challenging ones, like not everything is going to be perfect all the time. And there's of course going to be conflicts and obstacles that you have to, you know, that come in your life, but just to how I learned to deal with those conflicts, I'm very proud of myself. So I'd say the best part of FIU would be having to meet my boyfriend because I got the chance to meet him and he has brought a lot of amazing experiences and positivity to my life that I wouldn't have if I had didn't meet him. So, (laughs) right. Right. Well, that's fantastic. Wonderful experience. Um, I need to take a short little break right now for a commercial message. And then when we come back, I'd like to spend some time chatting with you about your journey in turning professional, what your experiences have been and uh, what some of your goals and accomplishments um, that you have lined up for yourself. Of course. Today's show is brought to you by Hanmar Golf. Experience distance beyond imagination. Shop the all new T-World GS. Now back to our show. Here is your host, Douglas Mader. All right, we're back. Thank you for staying with us. And we're meeting with or sitting down with Hannah Liner, who is uh, joining us on Zoom from her home in Florida. And we're talking golf. So, Hannah, at what point did you know that you wanted to pursue a professional career in golf? Was there a particular aha moment or was it something that you gradually grew into and said, uh, this is something I'd like to pursue? So in junior golf, I had a very fortunate career and I always knew I wanted to become pro. Then when I got to college and I started competing against a higher level, I was kind of like doubting myself and I was unsure if I wanted to do that, especially with, you know, studying. I was really into my major and I still am into my major, which is communications. Um, And I... I didn't really know. So after kind of COVID hit, I took some time off from golf. I was still like 
a golfer. I played and practiced whenever I had time and was active on social media with my golfing, but I wasn't taking it very seriously. And then one day I just kind of like woke up and I was like, I miss, there's like something missing. I felt like kind of empty inside from not competing. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to put everything I have into this because I am young. I, I always go by the saying, like, especially in your twenties, do as much as you possibly can, because this is your time to be selfish with your career. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to indulge into every single thing I can possibly think of. So I'm going to put all my efforts into becoming professional. I'm going to put all my efforts into finishing up college. And that's basically where I'm on track right now. You mentioned about um, going online and doing things on social media and whatnot. I've noticed in preparing for our interview today and having you on as a guest, of course, we do a little bit of homework. You seem to have built up a pretty sizable following on uh, social media, whether it be on Instagram or some of the other uh, social media channels. How did that come about? And was that just something that kind of happened? And, and why did you think about what was your thought process about wanting to go online? So in high school, actually, I never posted about golf. Like I would get made fun of for playing golf. People would be like, golf isn't a real sport. Golf is this, whatever. And I never really posted about it. And then my senior year, I was, I took a professional photo shoot with eye on you photography down in South Florida. And I was like, I love the pictures. So I decided to post them. And one of the pictures went viral. And I, at the time I had like a thousand followers and that picture got a thousand likes. And I was like, how is this possible? I'm, I'm like, not like what? And then it just blew up from there. I was like, I kept posting more golf content and I kept developing. I got, kept getting reposted and all those things. And my followers just blew up and it kind of just happened. I I never really had a plan for it, but um, it's very fortunate that it did happen because it brought me so many opportunities, like playing at prestige golf courses around um, America, playing in events, now turning professional. I have a great support, like support system and very encouraging followers. Um, But yeah. I also got to be on Holy Moly season two, the TV show on ABC. So that was all because of my social media. Right. Huh. Fantastic. Um, so you have this strong social media presence and uh, a really good one on Instagram. So as you start to move into professional golf, do you have some concerns about being seen now as only a social media golfer? Um, Not really. I'm not really the kind of person who would say, I know people are going to talk. I know people are going to have things to say about me. I don't really pay attention to them because at the end of the day, they're not living my life and they're not going to be the ones who are going to make me feel happy. I kind of have to just stay on track. And of course, there'll be some comments I've run into that are the nicest, but overall, my experience on social media has been pretty pleasant. Like I haven't gotten a lot of hate or things like that, or name callings, or, you know, stereotype 
groups and stuff like that, I, I've been really getting a lot of encouraging messages and everything. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, that's good to hear. I know, you know, Paige is probably one of the more famous people in the in the uh, social media world with regards to her presence on social media and having been an alumni of San Diego State University Golf. And um, there have been some people critical about her and her role in golf and whatnot. Um, how are you dealing with that transition? Like, what are you going to do? Or do you have a plan in place to gradually make that evolution from social media focused to golf focused? Or do you see that as a process going hand in hand and a way of documenting your journey? I definitely think it's a process going hand in hand. I think that the golf world now more than ever before has been really developing into social media and has been using social media to create content, like to push out content. And especially with COVID and everything, it's hard to, you know, film things as much as before. So everything, everyone's looking at social media nowadays, and it's been more useful than ever before. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Especially with the COVID situation, it's really, really, uh, um, magnified the importance of social media and as a way of staying in contact, especially seeing as we can't do it in person anymore or right. shouldn't be doing it in person so much. Right. <laughs> I guess in Florida, you've been kind of at the epicenter of a big part of it. So <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, it's been amazing to be down here in Florida because everything's open. There's it. Of course I take my protocols and I do what, you know, wear a mask, keep my distance. But other than that, like, it's just nice to kind of live as normal as you possibly could in a situation like this. I think any sort of sense of normalcy is is a big help as we go through this period of time, especially the longer it's gone on. So, Right, especially for your mental health, too. It's very important. Like, I know living in Jersey and New York for six months, it was hard because everything was closed, basically. And especially when the holidays rolled around, it was very, it w- they would have um, curfews at like 10 p.m. And it was just, you couldn't experience New York like you would usually. And I know it's all because of protocols and it's important, but it's just different ways of doing things. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, the importance of mental health. That's something that I think a lot of golfers go through as well. I mean, it may not seem like it on the surface because everybody sees the nice photo shoots or in your case, you know, sees some of your photo shoots that you have posted and whatnot. But there is, um, I think behind the scenes, there is some concern about the effects of maintaining good mental health so that, I mean, because golf is really one of the few sports in the world where it's so individualistic. I mean, you have your caddy to help you out on the course, but other than that, uh, it's you as the player that has to make the final decision. You have to pull the club. You have to hit the shot. And golf is probably one of the most punishing sports in 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 the entire sporting world. In the sense that it's a dog eat dog world. I mean, you don't. There's no such thing as a team bonus. There's none of that. It's all on you. <laughs> exactly. Precisely. So, um, have you given any thought to that as to you know building a team and how you would do that in terms of going forward? Because it seems that you need a team nowadays to be so successful in professional golf. Right. Um, Of course. Yeah, I have my parents who have been in my corner ever since I started playing. 
Um, my coach who has known me since I was 12 years old, he's such a positive person. And the best part of the team that like really, you know, puts us all together. My dad obviously has been really hard on me throughout my golf career, but in a positive way, he just wants the best for me. He wants, he knows what I'm capable of. And I get that, but sometimes, you know, we are the same person. So we go head to head. (laughs) We're very stubborn. (laughs) And, um, he kind of like is the mediator and kind of settles us both, both down. And, uh, my boyfriend too, who's very positive, who, um, understands what it takes to be a professional athlete. He, He gives me the best support and encourages me to do things and that other people aren't doing and gives me great advice on that as well. So it's great to have him there too. And my friends and my followers, they're all at my team too. So I know we just touched on social media a little bit and we all know that there's a bit of a dark side to the social media, but you've just raised perhaps one of the more beneficial sides and one of the best parts about social media is having those people out there that helping you to feel that maybe perhaps you're not alone. Did you want to maybe share that experience a little more? So, yeah, I having a big social media platform, a lot of people, like even my family members have, when I had probably like 24,000, 25,000 followers, they laughed at me and they were like, why are you doing this? Like they didn't understand. Like they were like, this is like, you expect to make a job out of this or, you know what I mean? Like just stuff like that. And, I always like was like, just watch, just wait one day, like you'll see, you'll see. And now they're like, oh, congratulations, you did this, you did this. And it's like, yes, because it takes like, you know, it takes time to develop. It just, it's not going to happen overnight. It's definitely a long term goal to have. And you make like little short term, you reach short term goals and you eventually reach those big followers and those big opportunities. Um, but I've definitely had some doubters that kind of have motivated me in a way to prove them wrong. So you also find it as a good source of motivation. Yes, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's a way of channeling any potential negativity into a more positive direction, isn't it? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we talked about team. Mm -hmm. So you have a swing coach. You have, uh, does somebody caddy for you? Have you thought about that? Or are you kind of taking it on a case-by-case basis? Right now it's a case-by-case basis because especially I just started to, my boyfriend just caddied for me. His name's James. James just caddied for me in this event. And honestly, out of all the caddies I've ever had in my life, which were like my dad, and um, (laughs) he was kind of the most positive and just, he, he, like I said before, he understands the prof- what professional athletes go in, um, go through in very like serious environments, and you know, having to be dialed in and in the zone. So he understands that, and that made it so much better. And I listened to him. Like my dad wasn't a professional golfer, golfer, or he he did play basketball. He wasn't a professional basketball player either. So he isn't in the same kind of environment or like it doesn't have to go through the kind of experiences that a professional athlete has to go through when playing in an event. So I really listened to him. I tried to not the second day that much because I got a little frustrated, (laughs) but it happens. It's golf. And 
the next day, I really try to channel that positivity in me. So it really helped at the end. You just mentioned your boyfriend, Jay, uh, I'm sorry, what was his name again? Jason? James. James, sorry. Yeah. Um, so you had James caddying for you. What event was this? And can you maybe tell us a little bit about? So it's the National Women's Golf Association. It was hosted in uh, Stonegate Golf Country Club in Kissimmee, Florida. And they basically are like the cactus store in Arizona, but in Florida. So it's kind of like a tour that develops professional golfers and kind of gets them ready for the Symmetra or LPGA or Q school, stuff like that. So it was a great event. They put on a great event. Thank you so much, the NWGA for doing that. Um, But it was, it was great. It was a great first event for me, especially because I got to meet some other professionals in my area that I can now go and golf with. I learned more about my game playing and what I need to work on. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just overall an awesome experience. Uh, a two day event, three day, three day event. And how did you do? Did you meet your expectations? Did you find some areas? I mean, obviously it was probably a little bit eye opening for you as well. Right. So the last competitive event that I played in was actually a year and a half ago. And I kind of had that pressure where like, okay, well, I haven't played in a long time. Let's kind of see where my foundation is. Like, let's start, like, this is my starting event. So let's see what I'm working with. That's kind of how I went into it, like looking at it. And I was satisfied with the way I played. There's, of course, areas that I need to develop. And I think everyone in golf can say that about their game. Um, But I just learned a lot about my game and what I need to work on. And then moving forward, um, I'm just going to keep working on my mental aspect because that's got to do a lot of what kind of broke me in some areas. And yeah, so. Do you have a mental coach to work with? So I used to, and I haven't worked with him in probably a couple years, but I worked with him for probably like three years. So I kind of remember some of the things he taught me and the notes I took from our video chats and whatnot. Um, But I've kind of been taking that into play as well. Oh, great. Great. That's often uh, an area that's overlooked, I think with uh, professional sports and whatnot. So Mental performance is such a big part of it, regardless of which sport. Exactly. And for golf, it's a big portion of it because one bad shot can lead to more bad shots. And I always tell myself one shot at a time. And when I start thinking of score, that's when I kind of get a little ahead of myself. And I see a lot of players do that as well. So I tried, and it's very hard to train your mind to do that because it's like very present thinking. And a lot of people like to think of the future. It's like, oh, one bad shot, but we don't think positively. Like we don't think, oh, but we can make that shot up. You know, it's just, it starts kind of snowballing. And that's what is the hardest part to just kind of channel yourself into the present and keep yourself there. You're playing on the NWGA tour. You're getting yourself prepared and ready. Uh, What are going to be your goals with regards to professional golf? Uh, Is it your goal to look at uh, Q school right away or the Q series? Or 
Are you going to take another year of preparatory work on one of the smaller tours or, or where do you see yourself going from here? So I'm definitely looking into playing Q school and going through that whole experience. Um, I don't, I'm unsure of if it's going to be this year or if it's going to be next year, but definitely something of, that's definitely a goal of mine that I want to experience. Um, but I will be qualifying for the U S open or trying to qualify for the U S open in May. So I have that on my schedule. And right now I'm just going to be trying to travel and play events around the country as well on different tours, just to kind of like what I said before, like earlier is to get used to the different conditions to get used to different like experiences. Cause a lot in college was, we would travel to different courses. And I think that's very important to kind of get a look at different experiences because on the LPGA, you're going to be traveling all the time, playing a different places all the time. So I think that's one of the most important things to do. Right. So you want to develop a game that can travel. Right. And you sure. do that best by the approach you're taking. I, yeah, I agree completely. Um, what do you find some of the challenges in terms of being in a, uh, in professional golf? I mean, it's not exactly, I mean, what we see on television, what we see when we turn on the television on Sunday afternoon, you see, you see the purse distribution, you see professional players, you hear about private jets and things of that nature. Right. Uh, but it's a very stark reality when you're starting out as a professional player. What do you find some of the challenges of becoming a professional player? I mean, what what are some of the obstacles like and how do you overcome them? I, I am very fortunate to have a support system like my parents and James that helped me out with my professional career. Um, but I, I do see challenges. I can't play, you know, in every single event. And it's kind of hard to get on a rhythm if you don't play a lot. So that is definitely one of the challenges and obstacles that I'm facing. But at the same time, I've been so far enjoying the experience and everything like that. I love the grind and I love to go out and perform my best. So um, I'm just excited to keep doing that. Where's your regional qualifier for the U.S. Women's Open? So it's actually going to be in New Jersey in Brunswick, I believe. I'm not sure of the course yet. I have to check my emails, but yeah, it's going to be in Jersey. Okay. So are you going to be heading back up that way gradually uh, so you can get used to playing those types of conditions again? Um, yeah, I'll be there for like a couple weekends out of the year before I go back in September. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to get used to that play and used to this, like if I'm used to Florida already, of course, but I haven't really played a lot of golf last year um, because of COVID. And I was kind of taking a break from golf, which is probably the best thing that happened to my career because I got that hunger again. And I got that drive to, you know, go back and go hard. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that, you know, just as an aside, um, Shan Shan Feng, uh, who's playing in the ANA, she hadn't been playing on the LPGA for some 14 months. And uh, just as an aside, yesterday she said she comes back so mentally fresh, she feels like not an 18 year old, but at least a 25 year old. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. I totally agree. It's like taking that time off is so important too, because especially going from college where we were just grinding, it's, it can burn some players out. And that's kind of how I felt. So it was important for me to do that. And then now I'm hungry for it. And I know that I'm working hard because I want to do that. You know, I don't have necessarily like a team or a coach with that, you know, pressure and everything I do is because I want to do it myself. Well, that's definitely going to be uh, uh, an eventful year for you and whatnot. Tell me, Hannah, if somebody wants to follow your scores and follow your um, experience in playing professional golf and perhaps cheer you on or find a way to support you, what are some of the avenues that they could do that? So you guys can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, or YouTube at Hannah B as in boy, Liner. B is my middle name. A lot of people call me Bliner. And I'm like, no, <laughs> let's get this straightened out, guys. No, it's Hannah Bianca Liner. That's my full name. But um, it's funny because the actually, like, I tried to put Hannah Liner as my username on Instagram. And I guess someone made, like, a fake account of me with my username. So with my real name. So now I can't use that. So I decided to put the B in there and it's just stuck. So you can either find me as Hannah B liner and then on Facebook, Hannah liner golf. Oh, you gotta make sure you get that verification. So you get that little blue check mark or whatever it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so what's next for you? Um, or let me ask you this golf professional golf runs on sponsorships for individuals and tournaments and whatnot. If I was interested in wanting to support, say, a player like yourself, I mean, obviously it lines up with what I want to do as a vision and where, you know, what the values are and whatnot that we want to express publicly. How does one go about doing something like that with uh, when they're in professional golf starting out? Like, I mean, in terms of supporting the players and whatnot. Right. I'm not really sure how all of that works. Um, I do have... PXG as my sponsor, who has been such an amazing experience so far, and they've provided me with clothing and clubs, and they're just awesome. And I love their mission and everything that they stand for. Um, but I think sponsorships would work through my agent. My agent kind of handles that everything, and that is OTG management. They do a lot of football players, um, but they... We're considered me because I've, I've loved, like they've seen me and we build a great relationship over the years because my boyfriend actually signed with them for football. So they have worked with a lot of our close friends too. And it just kind of built from there. So I'm so glad that they took me on their team because they're just awesome. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. That's terrific. So any last words you'd like to uh, share with the audience? Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you follow my experiences. I am very interactive with my followers. So if you give me a message or have any questions for me at all, feel free to reach out to me on DM or you can email me. You can find my email on my Instagram and any questions at all. I am very open and honest to talking to you guys. Great. So what are your next steps? Uh, where do you go from here, Hannah? in terms of career and, 
and physically and things of that nature? Right. I will be graduating um, this month in April, and then I will be pursuing my professional career, keep developing everything and playing in as many events as I can. Then when I go out to Jersey, I want to build a lot more networks and connections up there so I can play golf more up there. And yeah, and I'm just really excited for the journey that I have ahead. I have a lot to work on and I'm excited for that. So I'm just career wise, I would love to be more um, on the social media presence as well. I do film a lot of videos talking about my experiences on golf courses or anything like that. So I'm going to keep doing that as well. And hopefully that will turn into a job or I'm just doing as much as I possibly can, (laughs) exploring all my different avenues. Right. So as they say, enjoying the, the journey and enjoying the process. Right. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, Hannah. Um, It's been wonderful to have you as a guest on the show. Yes. Thank uh, you so much. We're going to wish you all the best and we'll keep watching from afar and uh, looking for you in future. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Pleasure. And hopefully maybe we can do this again sometime soon. Of course. And that concludes our show for today. Thank you for joining us, listening in on the podcast or downloading it. Because again, Without you, we would not be able to bring you this show. So thank you so much for your support. Stay tuned and we will be back with our next show in about a week's time. Thank you and have a great day. You are listening to We're Talking Golf, produced by The World of Golf. This episode was recorded on Friday, April 2nd, 2021. If you have an idea for a future show, please send us an email to info at worldofgolf.org. Please include podcast show in the subject line. This show is the copyright of the world of golf. Thank you for listening. (laughs) ¶¶